Welcome to the Get Heard with Ian Roth podcast, where it is our mission to enable leaders to effectively engage and motivate their audience through written and verbal communication. Hey, everybody, how's it going? Welcome to the Get Heard podcast. I'm your host, Ian Roth. And today's guest, I have Divya Perik, who talks to us about emotional intelligence, mindfulness, sharing feedback with empathy. So giving feedback to our teams, not always positive, but when we have to give negative feedback to our teams, how do we how do we have empathy while doing it? Then Divya talks about mindfulness, where being in the moment, not worrying about the future at that specific moment, and you know, just being in the moment, utilizing our active listening skills and being a good listener and good leader. So hope you enjoyed today's episode with Divya Perrick. Hey everybody, welcome to the Get Heard podcast. I'm your host, Ian Roth. Have a very special guest tonight, Ms. Divya Perik. How are you doing today, Divya? I'm doing great. Thank you, Ian, for having me on your show. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for being on my show. If you'd be so kind, would you mind telling the listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, and maybe any special projects you're working on or things you're super excited to be working on? Absolutely. So listeners, you know, we always kind of talk about who we are. We kind of share a name, a profession. So I always like to invite you to think, what is your essence? And when somebody asks me, what is my essence? Who am I? What makes me me? Is I always say that, you know, I've always related to ocean. It's about being something. To me, an ocean represents playfulness. It also represents a nurturing environment where it nurtures the whole ecosystem within it and where so many creatures thrive and live in harmony. So to me, my essence is about people and it's about living a life with fulfillment and giving back to the community as I live a quality lifestyle myself. So you may ask, what do I do about my profession? So I shared with you my essence. By my profession, I'm a business leadership advisor, and a business leadership advisor works with organizations. I work with entrepreneurs, change makers, achievers, and those folks who are hungry for change, who are hungry to have a life that's fulfilled with joy. And that brings that inner peace and harmony, not only for yourself, but for others as well. That's great. Sounds like you're doing some really, you have some really exciting times coming up. That Wow, that sounds uh, awesome to be a part of. So getting into what we wanted, want to discuss today. So when working with some of your clients or in your experience, how would you say emotional intelligence plays into leaders and leadership development? Absolutely. That's a great question. So when we talk about leaders and leadership, my definition of a leader is that you can be a leader where you are. It's really important to have that definition clarified, folks. And the reason I'm sharing that, Ian, is that it's about time that each and every one of us kind of stands in our own power and becomes a leader. And now when we talk about having emotional intelligence, emotional intelligence has got so many definitions, folks. You know, if we were to take its regular definition, 
we would say that it is an art and science of managing and regulating your emotions. I'm going to take it one step further and I'm going to share that that emotional intelligence for us people in our day-to-day lives is meeting others where they are at. Because let's say if you're really good in one thing, but now if you're expecting the same performance or the same expectations from others, then you're not using emotional intelligence. The key is putting yourself in others' shoes and understanding where they're coming from. What is it that's driving them to be who they are? So when we talk about emotional intelligences, you know, if we were to just kind of put that one simple thing in our lives, meeting people where they're at, and then secondly, taking those glasses off. And these are my expectations. You've got to perform to it. No, just meeting people where they're at and encouraging them. And I don't mean that, you know, you condone things that are not for everyone's good. But at the same token, you know, showing compassion. So leadership, you know, when we talk about emotional intelligence is bringing empathy in our lives, folks. And when you bring empathy in your lives, you can still dish out feedback that may be critical to someone's performance. And yet at the same time, when you are sharing it with empathy, you separate a person from their actions. And when you separate a person from their actions, what happens is a person can receive that feedback. A person realizes where you're coming from. A person feels safe in your presence. So when we are talking about leadership and emotional intelligence, it's about creating that safe environment for another person, for people who may be following you, for people who may even be working with you. And when you create that safe environment, people are not only open to receiving feedback, they will open up and they will connect with you. And having emotional intelligence also means that we are human beings. And as such, we will be making mistakes. So when you're creating that safe environment for somebody, it's about allowing them to fail. And considering failing as learning. Because folks, I don't know about you guys, but I know every single day I fail. And I got to tell you, I like failing. And you may say, hmm, you like failing? Yes. Because if we fail, then we know what's not going to work. As long as we are learning, as long as that failing is learning, you are succeeding. The, uh, I, I love what you, I mean, geez, you were just hitting so many important things that are very near and dear to my heart. And one of them was being empathetic as a leader. And I really, really like what you said about sharing feedback, even if it is not favorable feedback to an employee or team member, but giving that feedback with empathy. And I know that's really challenging for a lot of us out there who are leaders. How can we as leaders give some maybe not so good feedback to one of our team members, but still being empathetic and as understanding to that person as possible? That's a great question, Ian. One of the things I'm going to invite you to do, folks, is that, you know, especially if you're in a place where 
whether you're a leader, where several people are reporting into you, or even you're a peer, the key is building a relationship. The key is knowing that another person is human being. The key is knowing that, that there is a connectivity between all of the humanity, regardless of who it is. And the reason I invite you to think and reflect upon it is because which human being would not like to dream? Which human being does not aspire to be happy? Which human being does not aspire to manifest their dreams? Which human being would not like to avoid suffering? So just by that thread of aspirations, just by that thread of desire to experience love, kindness, and that bonding with that and other human beings with that desire of belonging to a great cause binds us together, folks. So when we talk about that, it makes it easier for us to look at another human being as part of your own circle. So I always say that, go back to the beginning. And there may be times you may say that, hey, Divya, you know, with some people, I don't have great relationships. So I would say that it begins now. Bring it out in the open. Sometimes having open communication really helps. And lay down the expectations that, hey, this is what job responsibilities are. This is what is involved. These are the expectations. These are your roles. This is responsibilities. And when you set those ground rules, not only by yourself, but by inviting your team members to participate that, hey, you know what? As a team, as a unit, we need to succeed. What should the ground rules should be? And I want to share one of the examples, which is a very good company, Zappos. And Tony Shea, CEO, sent out an email to all employees. What should be our core values? It's not just a few people deciding that what does that unit or what does that company, what does that organization represent, invite people in, encourage them to participate and together set that ground rules, set those expectations. And I guarantee you that when you set those expectations, people will know that, that, okay, the ground rules are, if I don't perform well, then I'm going to hear about it. And similarly, as a leader, be open to it. Hey, you know what? I'm just going to share with you. Ian is that with most of my clients, I tell them, why don't you hold me accountable? And let's become partners in holding each other accountable. And when you're doing them, give people, I call it RWD principle, respect, warmth, and dignity. If you'll give those human beings, any human beings, respect, warmth, and dignity they deserve just by the aspect of being humans, and that does not mean to say that, you know, we do not give respect to any other species. Definitely we do that. I'm just talking about in human-to-human interaction. You'll find that they'll be willing to extend their hand as you extend your hand out to them. They will be willing to forge that relationship where accountability is one of the pillars on which your relationship stands on. And when you lay down the ground rules that, okay, what is the way that you receive? Feedback and some people may say, you know what, can you point this out this this way? You know, defining those rules of communication. And I'm not saying just kind of you gotta cater to everyone. No, 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 folks. I don't mean that you know, lie down and let people walk over you. No. 
It's about giving people respect. It's about inviting that participation and engagement and providing encouragement and being open, being yourself also open to feedback. So going back, I would love to share a story. I am a person who loves to give and giving is great. And yet at the same time, it's important to have boundaries. And sometimes I forget about boundaries. So what I've done is I've invited two to three of my clients. So what happened was, you know, for example, let's say my coaching session with some clients are only for half an hour. And then I still keep on talking to them. And from 30 minutes, it goes to 50 minutes. Sometimes it goes to an hour. So I invited my clients and I said that, you know, that technically we are supposed to have, let's say, six coaching conversations, but I end up doing 12 coaching conversations with you. So can you help me be accountable? Can you stop me when the time is done? And folks, here is like, you know, just kind of think about it. Here are people who are in the midst of our conversation. And of course, who would not like some more extra time, some more free time? But when I gave them that responsibility of looking out for me, that I'm here to look out for them, for their success, I'm here to serve them, you will not believe my clients hold me accountable and they tell me, okay, Divya, you're nearing to the end of conversation and let's do a wrap. So, you know, sometimes we do go over for 10 minutes or so and they make sure that I'm not spending another half an hour or 45 minutes with them. So folks, it can be done. Those are some excellent, excellent points. And I think I really like what you said about setting ground rules, setting expectations. So having that initial conversation up front with your team saying, this is what I expect. And if you, if your actions do not, if your actions are not at the level of, of this, my expectations, you can expect me to bring it to your attentions and we'll have a discussion about it. And I think Oftentimes as leaders, some leaders are afraid to have those difficult conversations with their team, especially younger leaders or leaders who are not necessarily young, but maybe first-time leaders or leaders who have recently become leaders. It's, it's really a big differentiator between being just a normal team member or employee and then having the responsibility for not only just your action anymore, but the actions of other people who work for you. So I think that that's some great advice, Divya, about being able to have those tough conversations. You do it by setting the expectations up front and, and going from there. Absolutely. And also inviting them into that partnership where it's a win-win situation. You know, when you're a leader, it's not just about, let's say, team member succeeding, and it's not about just the leader succeeding. It's not just about, so for example, for some of the new leaders who have been colleagues right now, and what happens is that, okay, all of a sudden they're promoted and the same colleagues who are peers are reporting into you. It's just kind of sitting down openly and seeing that, you know, we are one unit. Your success is my success. My success is your success. Let's drop the me. Let's flip the M in me and make it a W. Let's make it we. Why don't we all succeed together? And even when, let's say, if you're sitting in a boardroom, putting your team members up front. So, for example, a lot of people say that, you know, I've helped 
thousands of people become successful and people will say, oh, Divya, you did such a great job. And I'll say, nope. There are two other elements. The second is I am. The first element is my team. And the second element is our partnership and I come the third. So when you put that goal as a common goal to be achieved by the whole team, then it's not about I or me. And what better example than a team coming together? So <laughs> yes, folks, you know, like Super Bowl is being played. So it's not about the quarterback, Mahoney, or it's not about a quarterback for 49ers. I don't know exactly how to pronounce his name and I don't want to mispronounce it, but it's about that team coming together. It's not like, okay, you know what? I did the touchdown or I did this or I did that. It's the whole team rallies together for a common goal. And that's what a good leader does. A good leader gets the buy-in from the top, gets the buy-in from the people who report into, gets the buy-in from colleagues, and it becomes one unit. And as when you push forward as one unit, there's nothing more powerful than that. Definitely getting the perspective from your team and, and taking the we approach to it. Beautifully said. And as leaders, in order for us to be able to hear that and intake that information from our team or the we, like you said, we need to be good active listeners, right? So what are what are some things as leaders that we can do in in this situation, in this example, to be good active listeners, to really hear what our team is telling us or trying to tell us? Folks, active listening has become a buzzword. And people may think, okay, active listening is, you know, I need to just sit there, not think about what I'm going to be saying next. Oh, I need to just kind of hold my thoughts straight. I need to be doing this, this, this. So let me kind of bring another twist to active listening for. It's about bringing mindfulness in the mix. And now you may ask, oh, what's this mindfulness? Is this a new buzzword? What's there to it? So I'm going to share my definition of it. To me, mindfulness is a deliberate practice. And I call it practice because, folks, it's not possible to be mindful in every moment. It is a practice. It's a choice. It's a decision. To be present in the moment without any judgment and attachment to the future. And the reason I'm talking about attachment to the future is because if you're thinking about future, then you cannot be in the present moment. And if you cannot be in the present moment without any judgment, you cannot listen actively. And to me, active listening is just being in the moment, just being there with that person. And not only listening to the words they're saying, whether you're on phone, whether you are on Zoom, whether you are facing to that person one-on-one, -on -one, listen for the body language. Listen for those inflections. Listen for a pause. Listen for that silence. Listen for what they're not saying. And active listening, folks, just does not happen in the moment. It is on a continuum. It's about building that relationship with that person. And even knowing to the fact that, is their health okay? So I'm just going to share another story. So I had one of my clients 
who came to me for positioning. And when we talk about positioning is I help people become knowledge experts and recognized as trusted advisor in their industry. So when that person came, great portfolio, a lot of titles, a lot of degrees, recognition throughout. And yet that person was not able to connect with his team. So there were all the credentials, everything on surface looked right. And yet something was not right, folks. So when that person came, we did some assessments. I also do emotional intelligence assessment. And so for the first couple of times, the gentleman resisted. Let's say, let's say, call him John. So John resisted to take assessment. And then I said, okay. I gave him the respect. We will take things at your pace. And I did set the expectations up front that if we see that, you know, we are not making any progress, then we will terminate coaching. Because to me, I'm not just here to make money that, okay, you know what, you've signed up for six, eight, 10, 12 sessions, or you've signed up for a year, even if nothing's getting done, I'm okay with it. No, I'm not okay with it. So he knew what would happen. So first time I could just feel the resistance as if he had been given advice from all over and he was sick and tired of that. I just listened and he asked, oh, is there homework? I said, no homework. Second, same thing happened on the second time. And there was no change in his attitude between first time and second time. So we sat down and I said, as we were finishing up, usually, you know, we will wrap up as to make sure that we are on the same page before we wrap up the session. And I asked him, how did he feel? And he said, oh, you know what? There's no need for this coaching partnership. And I said, okay. Fine, I get it that there is no need for this coaching partnership. Let me ask you, what was it that brought you to me? Oh, I had to show to my boss that, you know, that I was taking coaching. I was looking at the situation differently. So I invited him to put himself in my shoes. And I said, what would, what would you conclude if your client is saying that? So it was very interesting that in those two sessions, he had become that comfortable that he could share his innermost thoughts. And then it almost, I could just kind of see that jolt of light bulb or lightning going through his head. Oops, what did I say here? And then it was almost like we had a breakthrough. And he said that I would just assume that this person was here to check the box. And I said, what was it that we agreed upon? And initially, he said that if we were not moving forward, we would discontinue. I asked him, would you like to discontinue? And he said, no. He said, what's happening is that I'm not connecting with my team. I don't know what's going on. I've tried everything. So I invited him to be part of his plan. 
how would we set up so during that day folks we were supposed to meet for one hour but our meeting ran over till two and a half hours because i cleared it i cleared the session following it so that's collective listening knowing that the time was right the gentleman was open to talking the gentleman was open to change and if i had said like oh you know what your time's up we'll follow it later on who knows the door would have been closed forever or for a long time so i cleared it with my second client we pushed through he agreed to take emotional intelligence assessment and when the assessment came back we took a couple of other assessments he knew what was going on so what had been going on was that the gentleman had lost somebody in his life and i don't want to share the details in case somebody connects to and to cuz the gentleman had lost that person in his life a close loved one and that had made him shut off and for that reason he was not able to see anything he did not grieve so folks that's what active listening is it's not just about the performance at work it's just not about what and how they're showing up there's so many layers that make a human being and then what we discovered was that he needed to grieve we took some time off and we worked through the situation he went back after 10 to 12 days laid out a plan with his superior and his team members and i'm delighted to share that after 4 to 5 months he was connecting with them he had his team members back and team members had their leaders back that's a very powerful story divya and i think something very important to take away from that is that as leaders we can't forget that our team members are humans with human emotions and everybody handles different situations and, and reacts differently because we are human and that's part of the that's one of the things that just makes us so great and awesome and unique but at the same time as a leader it can make things a little complicated because each member on your team is going to handle something that you say or do a different way. Mhm. Absolutely. Or even in in your example for the story react to something that happens in his or her life a different way. So I guess the bottom line is we need to be conscious of that at all times that our team members are humans with human emotions and we need to leverage our active listening skills and and listen to the I like how you said listen to the things that aren't audible like the body language listen to what they're not saying listen to the pauses or the silence when you're communicating with them because that will tell you a lot about what's going on and the emotional state that that person is in you definitely covered it it's you know it's about listening to what they're saying and it's about listening to what they're not saying it's about who they are and sometimes it's even in that look sometimes it's in that pause sometimes in that little dip in the voice sometimes about that excitement sometimes about the deviation from who they are normally there's so many different layers and elements to it folks that the way i see it is that it's continuous learning and continuous improvement at least for me 
It's always about making ourselves better and learning from all of our experiences and especially our failures, like you mentioned earlier, that's we find out a way to not do something and we don't repeat that same decision or that same mistake that we made again so that we can learn from it and grow from it and become better from it. I, and I really, I want to go back to what you said about active listening and mindfulness being the practice of, of living in the moment. And I think something you said was very powerful and I want listeners to take note of that for active listening and, you know, if you're listening to someone speak and you're thinking about the future, if you're thinking about what you're going to say next, which is an event that will occur in the future, you're not living in the moment and you're not really listening actively, giving your undivided attention to that person. So active listening is living, listening in the moment. So again, I think you said that beautifully that not thinking about anything in the future, just being in the moment, appreciating it, embracing it, and giving that person your undivided attention. And one of the things also I would like to stress, Ian, is being kind to yourself. You're never going to be completely mindful in every single moment. So let's say if you're having a conversation and you start thinking about something else, should you start beating yourself up? Nope. What you do is you gently bring yourself back in the moment and having that compassion for yourself. And the reason I'm asking you to be compassionate towards yourself is because when you're compassionate towards yourself, it makes you compassionate towards others as well. Compassion is absolutely essential as a leader. And I would almost say compassion and empathy are very, very similar. Would you agree? Yep. Very, very similar. And we can sit and we can look at the differences. But folks, you know, as long as you are leaning towards that, having patience, learning to be kind to others, we can give it all different definitions. It's about the action. Because no matter whatever learning you have, no matter wisdom, whatever wisdom you have, but wisdom without application is just some learning and thoughts within yourself and the same thing when that wisdom is put into action that's when it becomes grace that's when it becomes that connection with the person that's when it becomes impact and influence absolutely love what you said there divya so as we're looking to well I, I touched upon all the things i wanted to ask you about based on your experience and what you are doing um, what else do you want to communicate to the listeners that we haven't maybe touched upon yet? Well, what I'm going to invite you folks is to know that there is an untapped potential in each and every one of you. And what I want to share with you is that go and know that. Believe in yourself. Know that you have untapped potential and that you can be a leader as great as you want, it's about showing up for yourself. And when you show up for yourself, you'll show up for others automatically. Awesome. Divya, appreciate everything that you, all the advice and knowledge that you gave myself and the listeners today. Where can the listeners find you online to check out what you're doing and learn more about it? 
listeners, you can find me. I'm on all the platforms. I'm on LinkedIn under my name. I have a website, www.diviaparek.com. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter. On Instagram, I am under Make Your Message a Movement. On Twitter, you can find my handle as Coach Divya. And on Facebook, it is Beyond Confidence page. And if you Google me up on Amazon, folks, look like, you know, books by Divya Parekh, you'll find several of my books, anywhere between 14 to 15 books. And reach out anytime if I can be of support to you. It'll be a privilege to serve you folks. Awesome. I will make sure that I link uh, your website and your LinkedIn page in the show notes on this episode. So listeners, check out the show notes if you want to find out more about what Divya is doing. And Divya, again, thank you so much for joining me on this great conversation tonight. Again, I think the lessons and wisdom that you put forth tonight are extremely valuable and that our listeners are going to take away some great stuff that they can implement and become better leaders with. Thank you. And it was a pleasure and privilege to be on your show. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Get Heard Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please leave me a review on whatever podcast platform you're using to listen to the show. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Check out my website at getheardpodcast.com where I post all of the show notes and then additional blog content to kind of stimulate your mind and who knows, maybe some future episodes with some more amazing guests about those topics. Thank you so much for checking out the show and I'll see you next time.